2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We'll read verses 7 through 12. All right, give you a minute to get there a second. All right. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Say this. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you, not because we have not power, but to, to make ourselves an ensample unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Verse 12, Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, let's pray. <laughs> Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you, Lord, for uh, watching over us. And Lord, just being, Lord, you're just a, a good God. And Lord, we're so glad that you've saved us. We're so glad that you don't change. The Lord, you're always going to be there. And Lord God, we can just always lean on you, trust in you, abide in you, uh, dear God, and walk with you. Lord, what a wonderful thing that is. Lord, thank you, each one that's here tonight. Uh, thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, bless them. I pray you'd encourage each one. I pray you'd strengthen each one in the inner man with might by the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd fill each one with the knowledge of your will, with our wisdom and spiritual understanding. Lord, we're uh, thankful for those that are faithful to come. And Lord, even when they can't make it, Lord, they're listening in like many are now. Lord, just bless them for their efforts. And again, we think of the, the physical and financial and emotional. And Lord, many needs among us. Lord, we all have lost loved ones and the people that are upon our heart that we care about and pray for. Lord, please work in their heart wherever they are right now. Take the word that they've heard. Uh, dear God, and do. Now, Lord, help us as we look at this portion of Scripture and as we look at this thought tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So uh, notice uh, some of the, the wording in here. It says, uh, again, for we ourselves know how ye ought to follow us. We, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you, but neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but we wrought with labor and travail. Notice those words, labor and travail. Down in verse 10, all right, if any man would not work, neither let, uh, should he eat. Verse 11, working, those working not at all, but are busybodies. Then verse 12, now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness, what? They work and eat their own bread. That's what I want to talk about uh, working tonight. And uh, uh, so the word work, you see this word work in here, and it means what? To be active, to exert one's powers and faculties, to do, to produce. That's what you're supposed to do when you work, right? Not just show up, but you're supposed to be in there accomplishing something, right? That's what work has to do with. And of course, there's also, you see the word labor. The word used for labor uh, in the Bible, it means uh, exertion and toil. Like uh, when it talks about Peter there in Luke 5.5. 5. Remember when uh, uh, he, uh, Jesus told him to throw the net back in and he made this statement. Simon answering said to him, Master, we have toiled all the night and taken nothing. 
Again, toil means that means labored with fatigue, to be worn out, to be weary. It means they were putting uh, their all into it, right? And that's what we should uh, uh, do when we work. That doesn't mean, you know, depending on the job, that doesn't mean every time you're going to be wore out, so to speak, when you get home. But it does give the thought of whatever you're doing in work, giving your best effort, putting that best foot forward, as they say. So it's clear in God's Word that God honors and God expects people to have a good work ethic. Now, really, there's no such thing as, uh, you know, we think, you know, people say, well, you know, uh, business ethics. There's really no such thing as business ethics or work ethics, even though we use that term. There's really only ethics, <laughs> right? If you're an ethical person, you're going to be the same person, uh, whether you're at work or wherever you are. But, of course, we use that work ethic, you know, uh, uh, doing your best uh, as an employee. So just uh, uh, some thoughts here. God established work even before the fall of man. So I know you might feel like it when you got to get up at 5 a.m., but really work did not come after the fall, <laughs> right? God established work even before the fall. Genesis 2.15, he said this, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to what? To dress it and to keep it. And that word dress is the same. That word means to work and to labor or serve. So the thought uh, of a man that it was good for a man to be uh, busy, right, and accomplishing something, you see that thought uh, that that was the will of God and that just didn't happen after the fall. The only thing is, though, after the fall, it became a little bit more difficult and the work was going to be a little bit uh, uh, harder. That's when you, now you're going to sweat when you do it, right? Now you're going to sweat. Genesis uh, uh, 3, 17 through 19 says this, And uh, unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. Remember, the two worst things that ever happened in this world happened because a man listened to his wife. I'm just saying, that's just what the Bible says. All right, I better move on. And haste, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And then verse 19 of Genesis 3, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. Right? So a, a life of work. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, unto dust thou shalt return. You know, dust thou art, dust thou return. Listen, you ever start getting thinking too high of yourself, yourself, or you got somebody in the house that's thinking too high of themselves? You know what you need to have them do? Just go clean out the vacuum cleaner and say, you know what? That's what you are. Just, just right there, right there. Yep, that's what you really are. If you get thinking too high of yourself, you know, one of the kids, just go have them clean out the vacuum cleaner, right? Find out what you're really made of, right? So what are we seeing in the Word of God? So foundational and right is the responsibility to work, the responsibility to work. Again, uh, God, it was commanded by God. We see it there, and then also other verses in the Old Testament. Even when God gave the law, he said what? In Exodus 29, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Man, we're out of the will of God. We're only working five days, man, right? <laughs> Exodus 23, 12, six days shalt thou do thy work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest. So we see it in the Old Testament. I'll give you some verses of the New Testament. Of course, we'll look at several. But 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 11 and 12 say this, And that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, 
as what we commanded you. Verse 12, that ye may walk honestly, look, by working, by being an honest worker, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without, so you have a good testimony, and that you may have lack of nothing. So notice that, lack of nothing. Well, how did that come about? Lack of, how do you do that? Well, by doing your own business and working with your own hands. Notice that statement twice. Your own business, your own hands, being responsible for yourself, being responsible for yourself. You know, uh, even when I was a, a missionary, you know, I was thankful. I was always trying to teach my family. I'm thankful for everybody that helped me. But I realized one person was responsible for my family, me, right? I was thankful for the churches that helped us out. But it, it, at the end of the day, it was me that, that was responsible for the needs of my family. So whether I trusted the Lord by uh, uh, the, the, the churches that were gracious and helped us, or whether the times I had to go out and, and get a job, I didn't fret and whine about it. I just, hey, you know, my thought was always, whatever it takes to accomplish the mission. And if, if churches helped us and that accomplished the mission, great. If I had to go out there and get a job to accomplish the mission, you know, go out there and do it. Quit your whining, but do what it do takes to accomplish the mission and take care of them, right? So that thought, you lack nothing, well, your own business, your own hands. And the Bible shows us that labor's blessed of God. Proverbs 10.4, let me give you some verses from Proverbs. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent, the worker, right, maketh rich. Proverbs 12.14, a man shall be satisfied with what? With good by the fruit of his mouth. And the recompenses in this of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him, right? The recompense of the work of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. Proverbs 14, 23, in all labor, there is profit. And then, so labor is one of the ways God meets our personal needs. Oh God, meet my needs. Well, <laughs> get out there and work. Proverbs 16, 26, he that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth it, right? Why are you out here working? Because I'm hungry, amen, I'm hungry. You see, it's his mouth that has to eat, and so it's his hands that are out there working. Proverbs 28, 19, he that tilleth, right, his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain person shall have poverty enough. Turn over to First uh, Timothy four for a minute. Look at, look at a, again a verse that gives I think gives a good thought here. First Timothy four, and notice verse ten. Notice verse ten. First Timothy four ten. <clears throat> for therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. I want you to notice two things here. The word labor and because we trust in the living God. The word labor and then because we trust in the living God. So you see the, the, the words labor and trust. Now, of course, we, we, the, the thought of here is part of showing your trust in God is being your willingness to labor. Part of showing your trust in God is your willingness to labor. Now, we know the context here is ministry, 
right? We understand the context, but the principle holds true in any area. Listen, if a person trusts God, he should be willing to labor. You know, I hear too many people saying, oh, I trust the Lord, but they're not willing to labor. Well, no, if you're willing to trust the Lord, you know, I talk to you, well, uh, you know, we, well, we're just waiting on the, well, you know, that means activity, you know, making uh, the effort, you know, uh, if Brother Mark didn't mind me using his example, right? You know, his, his job situation. Well, you know, I, I, I check it. Hey, brother, how's it going? Well, I don't know, man. I, I, I sat at home for 40 hours this week and not one person called me. I mean, that's a regular work week. I sat there 40 hours and not one person called me. I don't know. I just keep trusting the Lord. Huh? No, I don't think that's I don't think that's what happened. You know, thank the Lord he's got something right now to hopefully hold him over and you know, get you know, just grab something to you, you know, uh, if you got to get maybe a lesser job till you get a better job, that's fine. You know, I've done that. Hey, uh, when, when, when I was young, when, trying to take care of my family, trying to get a job, I got on one of those jobs where, you know, they pay you $50 that day. I'm standing out there with homeless and drug addicts. They're trying to get drug money. I'm trying to get some food for my kids. I've done that job going there. I'm in there with a bunch of drug addicts at home, and I'm pulling up carpet and, and doing this and that, the labor for a day. Hey, I was doing that. Hey, to get food that day to take care of it till I, till I got a job. I wasn't too good to do that if that's what I had to do. Uh, to, get, to, to get food that day, well then, I was going to go out and do it. And so the thought is there, hey, I'm trusting the Lord, but you know what? I'm laboring too while I'm doing that. So even Paul had to learn trade, as we saw, right? Acts 18.3, and says, Because he was of the same craft, he abode with him and wrought. By their occupation, they were tent makers. Why, even the Lord is believed he learned a trade, right? He, uh, Joseph was a carpenter and it was customary uh, to teach your children uh, a trade. Every Jewish rabbi was taught a trade. Matter of fact, there's a Jewish proverb that says, if you do not teach your son a trade, you've taught him to be a thief. <laughs> if you do not teach your son a trade, you've taught them to be a thief. You know what? Now, that may not be that they're out there breaking into somebody's home, but you know what? Uh, uh, people that are, that, are, that are too lazy to work and they're out there living off the system, as far as I'm concerned, they're a thief. They're no better than a thief. They're robbing the system, uh, if you will. So having work is honorable and one can have the joy, right, and confidence of knowing they have provided for their needs and for their family. Again, Ephesians 4.28 says this, Let him that stole steal no more. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he might have to give to him that needeth. So, you know, I don't know if you remember, some of you might remember the old song, Get a Job. I remember, I remember when I was a kid, there was a song, I, I can't remember, it said, Get a Job. Yeah, I think they need to start playing that on the radio again. So people need to hear that, hear that song again. They need to start play, hearing that on the radio. Get a job. I, I don't remember what the rest of the song says, but at least that part's good preaching, amen? Get a job. I just want to go around sometimes and say that to people. Get a job, right? When someone, now, and of course in this verse, when someone who has lived a life of drugs and alcohol and thievery or the like, when they get saved, they should get a desire to work for their livelihood. That's a good sign of salvation, amen? Hey, you don't have to work for your salvation, praise God, but once you have salvation, you should be willing to work because now, right, your life's cleaned up and you want to do what's right. You can sort of say it this way, their old man would steal or, or take the shortcut or take the low road, whatever, but now that they're a believer, that new man should want 
honest labor. And so that's a good sign. They'll want to do things right, and wanting to be a good worker is part of wanting to do right. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15.10, By the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Look at this. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. You know, that'd be a, that's a, should be a good te- your testimony. No matter what your profession is, I labored more than they all. God gave me the grace to be the best employee I could be. God gave me the grace every day when I went into work to put the best effort I could into the job that God allowed me to have. Believers should have the testimony of being the best or at least a diligent worker on their job. 1 Corinthians 3.8 says this, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. In other words, now we talk again, that's talking about service to the Lord, but the principle is there's a reward in laboring. God blesses the laborer. So again, work, labor, whether in a field, whether in a trade, whether in a business or in Christian service, right? Uh, uh, there's benefit in labor. The necessity for work in Well, it's at the very foundation of society, right? For a society to function. Matter of fact, Matthew 21, 28 says this, the Lord telling the story, but what thank ye? A certain man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. You know, he goes to the second son, right? Tells him to go out there and work. You know what? Teach your children to be workers, you know, just like, but we've got this thing in, in, in society, you know, well, you know, uh, they can learn in kindy when they start going to school in kindergarten. Boy, you're, listen, you got to start teaching your kids when they're, when they're uh, 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 young. One thing I appreciate, my wife, she taught my kids. I mean, uh, they, they could probably, you know, they, they probably could have skipped elementary and went straight to, <laughs> straight to middle school. My wife uh, uh, tried to, to teach them so much uh, when uh, they were growing up, even to work for things that they want at an age. Man, the other, the, other, the other night I came home and uh, uh, Victor, I mean, he's four years old. He, he, was, putting, uh, he was putting dishes in the, the washing machine and then he, he set the table. He's four years old and he set the table and I'm like, what's going on here? And uh, I found out that he was at the store with Eric and he wanted a certain toy. And Eric said, well, no, I'm not going to buy you that toy. But if you want to, he's four years old, if you want to work for it, well, then, you know, I'll give you some money for doing chores around the house. <laughs> and I came home, and man, he's so the last few days, uh, you know, he's been, he's been doing, doing stuff uh, uh, around the house. I'm like, hey, four, that's fine, you know. Now, uh, I probably won't have him start mowing the lawn for me until he's five, but, you know, at least he's, you know, working up to that, working up to that. But teach your children uh, to be workers, Matthew 25, 16. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. What did he do? He, he wasn't lazy. He carried out the business. And we know the story of that parable. You know, so many young people today do not want to learn anything. Hey, get out there and learn stuff, even if that's not maybe what you're going to do the rest of your life if you don't know what you can do, but learn something, just the principle of being disciplined to learn something or the, 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 the discipline of, of making an effort 
or whatever is going to help you in life. You know, people want handouts. People want entitlements. People want welfare. Now, of course, we know there's nothing wrong with benefits if you need them. I mean, I'm glad America has things for people if they need them, but not if you're lazy. Even the Bible talks about helping people with the true need. We know that. James 1.27, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fathers and widows. But of course, Timothy says, if she's a widow indeed, right, in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Romans 15, talking about helping other believers. Uh, Romans 15.25, but now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. And so you give the thought, there's nothing wrong with helping somebody if they're truly in need, but not just somebody looking for a handout when there's wanted signs all the way around them. Galatians 6.10 says, As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. And again, those that are truly in need. But biblical principles always, of course, have practical application. So whether we are working a secular job or working in Christian service, we want to work honestly or systematically and always, of course, to God's glory. No matter what you're doing, you should be working. Do whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So whatever, hey, you don't have to be a pastor or a missionary to work to the glory of God. Hey, whatever, you, whatever you've done this week, I believe those here have done it to the glory of God and to the good, of course, of those in need. Again, God wants us to work hard. And of course, hey, work hard. Hey, let you sleep hard. Amen. There's even a verse for that. <laughs> I think Sister Karen's ready for this verse, right? This verse is for you tonight. We'll dedicate this verse to Sister Karen. She's been working hard. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, right? Whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich shall not suffer him to sleep. The sleep of a right? So the sleep of a laborer is sweet. So God says, hey, listen, I'll let you sleep hard if you work hard. Live a life, listen, live a life as a good worker in whatever you do. And you can know you have lived a life well to God's glory, whatever your profession might be. Philippians 2.16 says this, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. And again, because it's Paul, it's the context of Christian service, but I believe the principle is the same, that if you lived, whatever your profession was, you did your best as a Christian, you did your best to the glory of God, you can know that your service was not in vain. Of course, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So whether it's, again, service to the Lord or every day when you get up and you go in and, so, so to speak, punch that clock, you're doing that to be a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're laboring in the Lord and your labor is not in vain. The Lord will bless you for that. So if you are doing what you do unto the Lord, again, you have labored not in vain, whether your, your job is a a white collar, a blue collar, a baby collar, whatever it is, amen. <laughs> whatever it is you're doing, right? I don't know if they call moms to somebody, baby collar, I don't know. But anyways, whatever you're doing, amen, do it for him. Hebrews 6.10 says this, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, notice the statement, which ye have showed toward his name. 
showed toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. I like that statement, which you have showed toward his name, which you have manifested is what that word means. So whatever labor it be, do it to show forth and manifest his name on the job and whatever it is you do. So as we finish up, remember these things. One who works and labors hard. What does he do? He helps meet his own needs and that of his family. He that works hard, they're able to help meet the needs of others if needed. And the labor has the testimony of a good Christian worker. And the labor is able to help support, of course, also the work of God. As Christians that work, we serve our employer as we are serving the Lord. We do our best, whether others notice or not. We remember we will answer to the Lord, and we show proper respect to those over us. And we realize a good attitude is part of a good testimony. We're honest, and we don't steal things, including time. <laughs> you say, well, I've never stole a pen from the office. Yeah, but how long did you stand around the water cooler? <laughs> right? Talking, right? So being a good testimony. But I thought about this as I, you know, thought about, uh, you know, we've had a, a few people in the church, you know, uh, Brother Mark uh, and um, my son-in-law and, and uh, others and then others that are just get up and be faithful today. And I just want to, I really appreciate the work ethic that I see in our church members, faithful, uh, faithful work. I know uh, Sister Karen's such a hard work, and then she comes here and and does things even before the service. And, and many of you work hard, uh, whether it's uh, even uh, just being a, a faithful uh, a worker at home or going out and doing things and working around uh, the church. And I thank God for that good uh, testimony that you have. I mean, uh, Sister Judy's supposed to be re retired, but she's always out there trying to help somebody where she's at. And Sister Meyer's always trying to help somebody. And so, and I want our young people to know the, the Bible principles. Our young people need to know what the Bible teaches. They, from the very beginning, one of the first things, we say, well, the first thing he found was the family and the government, all those things. But remember, one of the first things he said is, hey, you know what? You need to know how to work. And working and being a good worker is a right thing, and that brings glory to me. So you think even at that age, just, you know, whether it's a, 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 a babysitting or doing a little something, when you're doing it, amen, you can be a testimony for the Lord, and you can learn good uh, ethical Bible principles, amen, that help you be a good witness in what you're doing. Let's pray.